Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast. Here with your host, Alec Jesse. Um, hope you all had a good week. I am back here on, it is very late, uh, East Coast time. It is currently 12.42 a.m., um, but I am still awake and I'm ready to go. Um, the reason I am doing it so late, and uh, on a Thursday night, and now Friday morning, um, <clears throat> is because I will be in Kansas City the next couple days. I will be attending the Colts and Chiefs. I am extremely excited for that. But we're not here to talk about NFL, of course. But that's the reason I am doing it now. Uh, it was either do it now or do it um, Sunday night. And I had elected to do, to go ahead and just do it now um, to kind of preview some of the weekend's games. <clears throat> excuse me. And um, and recap this week. I felt like it was, it was more appropriate um, that I could kind of... Uh, less, more, less games to cover, we can kind of balance the previews uh, with the recaps. <clears throat> For whatever reason, I've been kind of congested. I'm not really sick, but um, I've been coughing a little bit. So, and I, I've had tr- my troubles with uh, with coughing a lot uh, on this podcast. So, bear with me. I got me a bottle of water here, um, so I will be <clears throat> sipping on that. And if I kind of clear my throat, I apologize. But it is uh, so I can. So I can talk properly. Uh, so we'll <clears throat> let's get into it. Um, again, so we last recorded. I think the last one was a week ago. It was on last Thursday. Uh, kind of talked about the uh, the f- down the stretch of of non conference play leading into conference play. And most teams now have played uh, definitely one. Most of them have played two. Some of them three or four. None of the Big Ten schools have played three. You know, three, four, five uh, at this point. Yeah, Michigan, I think, just played their fifth conference game uh, of the year. Uh, they just completed that tonight. Uh, so in the conference play, first week of it for most teams. Um, so we're kind of getting a good kind of gauge of, you know, how are teams performing now? Now you're getting into that conference grind and how are you looking? And a lot of things are going to change between now and selection Sunday. A lot. Uh, I don't know the exact, uh, you know, the week from, Sunday exactly how many weeks there are but it's I mean a lot of stuff is going to change the rankings will look a lot different the seedings will look a lot different um, <clears throat> between now and March there's a lot of games important games to be played we all know that but here's where we are kind of right now and I think it's appropriate to talk about who is right now we're right at kind of the middle point because non-conference and people say that that's the middle point. It's really kind of the first few games in the conference because I think most teams play 30 to 31 uh, games in total. And most teams are right at that 15 mark at this point, you know, 13 to 15 uh, right around. So we're right. We're kind of at mid season at this moment. And <clears throat> so now we're kind of seeing who the best teams are, who, who are, who are your, who are the top performers? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and, and, you know, watching the sport uh, for, for now, half the season, you can kind of get, a, you know, a better idea of who it is. And, and right. So right now, here's mine. Uh, no more beating around the bush. Um, if I had to rank the top five, so I'm going to tear this off. My top five is going to be tier one. I know it makes more sense maybe to do four because, you know, you, you got the, the, the final four, you got the four one seeds, four two seeds, four three, all that. But I'm gonna get, I, I'm gonna do five because I feel like it's that's only fair, and, and I'll explain as I go through the list. Uh, number one is Duke, and um, I think I think it's perfectly acceptable to take Tennessee. I think most people's top team is either Duke or Tennessee at this point. Um, I, Michigan, I could field, you know, I could I could sort of, I mean, they're undefeated, so they're definitely at the top. But to say that they're better than Duke or or Tennessee at this point, but both of those teams, I mean, have just been running over teams, and both of those teams have beaten really good teams. Um, <clears throat> with all due respect to Michigan, their wins their wins up to this point aren't as impressive as both Duke and Tennessee. So that's why that's that's Duke's my one, Tennessee is my two. Those I feel like are the top two teams at this point, and they're interchangeable. It's close. I I totally understand. I know Aaron Torres, a well-respected college basketball writer, thinks Tennessee is clearly the best team, and I, I get that. Uh, I, I think it's pretty close, but but I get taking Tennessee over everyone at this point. They're the most experienced team. They have the most, uh, you know that you know they have the most 
experience plus talent. And I think some of their dudes are more talented than maybe we thought they were, which is why that they're doing so well. Um, you know, they brought everyone back. So it's like, well, they brought everyone back, so put them in the top, you know, top 10. I, well, they may, it may be just more than just returning experience. It may be some talent too. And that's what it's kind of appeared to be. Um, <clears throat> so that's my top two. Number three is Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga, and we'll talk more about them. They're actually playing right now um, for those still awake on the, uh, on the East Coast. Uh, tune into ESPN2. They're playing Pacific. They are absolutely destroying them. Um <clears throat> But Gonzaga's number number three because they got Killian Tilly and Gino Grandog back. They're healthy again. And, you know, after going from, you know, Gonzaga all the way to Maui, then to, then to Phoenix, then to, then to Chapel Hill. I mean, they've been all over the country. Uh, they've been East Coast, West Coast, West, West Coast in, the, in Hawaii. Uh, I think that combined, because they play a lot of games away from home, that combined with the injuries of two key players um, – you know, fatigue and then injuries kind of, that's why you saw a dip in their production against, you know, that's why they, you get a scare against Washington. That's why you, you know, late in that game, give up a lead to Tennessee. And that's why you kind of lay an egg in Chapel Hill. That game should have been closer than what it was. Um, that, that's kind of the reasoning for all that, in my opinion. But they're healthy again, and they get an easy conference slate. Uh, so that, so Mark Few can kind of tinker with the rotation, tinker with the lineup. He they get a lot of freedom to kind of work with. Now the, the negative is, of course, now they're battle tested, no doubt. But there will have been a long time. But you know, since they played Tennessee, Washington, Duke, um, you know, Arizona, <clears throat> North Carolina in, in tournament time. So they're gonna kind of have to re rev up. Uh, you know, kind of get back used to playing in that competition when they get to the tournament. But they kind of get to tinker around with uh, what they're doing uh, throughout conference play because their conference is very weak. Um, so that's my number three. You know, they're fully healthy again. There's, you know, Tilly and Grand are still kind of getting back into it. But uh, by the end of conference play, they'll be ready, ready to rock and roll for tournament time. There's no, there's no, uh, no reason to think they won't. Uh, so that's my number three. Number four is Virginia. And I know we do we do this every year with Virginia, right? Uh are they good? Are they are they well they're good. Are they a legit threat to win anything? That's the, that's the thing. Because every year it seems like man, well they won 30 games, they did this or that, and then back-to-back years they've had in bare so the last 3 years in the tournament, uh 2016 blow a 18-point lead to to Syracuse in the Elite 8, lose that game. Uh 2017 against Florida get essentially doubled up um, by the by the Gators uh, get destroyed um, <clears throat> and then last year obviously uh, the first <coughs> one seed not just not just a one seed the number one overall seed uh, losing the 16th seed UMBC but this year I think that they may actually have enough offense it's a debate now again they haven't won anything yet so it's fair to be spe- uh, to be skeptical. Um, uh, uh, are they legit? But man, I mean, the, the way they defend, the way they—they're they, impressive. It, it, there's no doubt they're undefeated right now. They're undefeated for a reason. Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, really good again. We'll kind of get into those teams. We'll, we'll get into more depth in depth uh, as we go on. That's my four. And there, and you keep and right is where right there is where you think that maybe you cut off the tier. But I can't leave Michigan out of there because they're on number one. They're undefeated, and number two, they haven't really had. They they've only had one scare all season. There's only been one game that they were truly in danger of losing all year long. So while maybe, while maybe those wins in November haven't looked as good, you know now. Uh, as they did at the moment, and maybe you know, some maybe they kind of you know they they haven't played the most brutal stretch of games yet. You know, the, I looked at their schedule uh, last night. I mean, it's going to get harder. It's going to get a lot harder. They've really eased into conference play. Um, um, I know that, you know their last you know since get, getting back into conference play, they've only I mean it's been Penn State at home, Indiana at home, and then they just played Illinois. It's going to get a lot harder for them, and they're going to lose games. But right now, it's hard. I mean, they're a perfect. I think they're they're either fifteen or sixteen zero. It's hard not to to put them in that tier, and they're terrific defensively. They pass the ball well. Um, you know they have they have impact. They got an impact uh, freshman. 
Charles Matthews point guard. I, I feel like it's 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 it'd be a disservice to that team, of uh, for what they've done this year to leave them out of it. They're they're certainly a top five team. That's my top five, um, and then it gets kind of muddy after that. So that's your first tier, you know. And then after that, I mean, you got Michigan State's currently ranked number six. That's probably the team I'd put next. But you know, I still there's still some questions. Um, that they, they're they have you know they have a lot of experience. They're very tough. They're very well coached. But they don't have the elite talent of, of those, uh, of some of those those other teams, and you know, you know, again, I, I don't really understand how they lost Louisville. Now that was a long time ago, but you know, stuff like that, and against Kansas, the, you know, the one true big time team they played all year, they didn't really play that. They didn't look good. Now, again, that was a long time ago, um, but and they've been very consistent consistent since but I can't put them in that top tier not yet at least um so that, that I put them in that second tier I think Nevada who you know again I go and sing their praises praises oh I can see them going undefeated in conference play get absolutely destroyed by a, a bad New Mexico team I mean a, t- a New Mexico team without their star without uh, their best player um and they get absolutely destroyed on the road and <clears throat> so you know while that didn't look good. I still think that they're a top ten team. I think I absolutely do. Uh, that I'd put them in that. I'd put them in that next tier. Um, I think Virginia Tech, what they've been able to do, they've only lost a game all year. Um, they're terrific. They're an absolutely terrific team. They can shoot the ball really well. Now Chris Clark being suspended. Um, I think he's still suspended, but they keep they keep winning. So I mean, it, you know, between <clears throat> Justin Robinson, Nikhil Alexander Walker. I mean, they're they're a terrific guard. Laden team that can really that can shoot the crap out of the ball. Um, definitely put them there. North Carolina, you know, since losing to Kentucky, they've just destroyed pretty much everyone they played. They went into North Carolina State, one of the most underrated teams. You know, one of the big surprise teams uh, for for this season. And they 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 put them down. I mean, it, you know, there's a couple times where it was close, where North Carolina State kind of got back into it. Carolina always pulled away. Um, and then you have the big time enigma um, that is the University of Kentucky. Um, I can't decide what to do with them because, I, you know, I could, I could go all day about Kentucky. Um, and, you know, I, you get good and you get bad. And you don't really get, there's not really much in between, there's not much consistency. Uh, against Carolina, that's a top five team. You know, I mean, you're not going to tell me otherwise. That Carolina game, they, other than the turnovers, they were a top five. I mean, they played like a top five team that's capable of going a long way. But against Alabama and against Texas A&M, they looked like a one-and-done team in the tournament. They looked like a, a, a first-week in flame out. Um, I, I can't decide. Uh, there's There hasn't been, really been any consistency with this group. They put together two good games, and then the next two they look bad. So it's, you know, again, we just kind of have to see. But that's, you know, I think that's where it stands. But the the core five right now, if, if I'm, if you're telling me you got to put your savings on five teams, who you picking, I'm picking that top five that I listed earlier. Um, and I'm not really thinking twice about it. And, 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 and if I lose it, I lose it. But that those are the five best teams, in my opinion. I think most people would agree with that. But that's who I think. And um, I think up to this point, they've played the best. They look good. Uh, Michigan's kind of been slack, was slipping a little bit. But they, I mean, they beat they beat Indiana wire to wire at home by uh, double digits. So that was a pretty good win. And, I mean, now Gonzaga's fully healthy. Tennessee doesn't look like, I mean, they didn't play particularly well on Tuesday, and they still ran a pretty, pretty hot Missouri team, a team that went one six straight coming in. Uh, ran them out of their own gym. Uh, Duke is Duke. Not really much has changed there. And uh, Virginia, man, they're just so suffocate. They just suffocate you. And they're, they're they are like a boa constrictor, and they can shoot. That's the thing. Is it's not like last year it was just the defense, and then they lost DeAndre Hunter. They lost their one dynamic player. Uh, their truly dynamic, uh, you know, two way player. They didn't have a good point guard. They really didn't have a point guard last year, and, and you kind of saw the result. <clears throat> so, anyway, that that's my top five. Now, so let's get into some of these games. 
So another some other big news. We'll start with Kansas because I feel like they they're a topic of discussion and kind of you know Kansas and Texas a or Texas Tech are two other teams that you could also put in that kind of second quadrant if you will. Texas Tech for sure. Kansas maybe at this point. So Kansas, every you know big deal. This big deal about are they going to win the Big Twelve again? You know it, it seems like every year, kind of like with Kentucky in January. With Kentucky, it's not about the SEC. It's about um, are they gonna are they gonna be any good? And then by the end of it, they win the SEC tournament and they look great and usually losing the tournament, but at least they're playing good basketball at that point. With Kansas, it's always in January. Are they going to win that Big 12 title? Are they going to do it? This is the year they don't do it. This is the year they don't do it. The last year was the year they don't do it. The year before, I mean, it, it's like, what? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's going to end eventually because everything ends. I mean, all, all things like this end. But when is it going to end? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I You know, we'll, we'll have to see. But this, I mean, much like last year, they, they are legit there is legit threats to knock them off. Last year, it was West Virginia. I think that was the big team. And Texas Tech kind of came on. It's going to be one of those two teams are going to knock them off. And then Kansas went into West Virginia and beat them. And Keenan Evans got hurt. He hurt his foot throughout the season. Texas Tech fell off a little bit. And Kansas, you know, pretty much. In, and then TCU is another team that was mentioned. Jalen Fisher tears his ACL, and they're not a threat anymore. So kind of the big three contenders – in Oklahoma as well, they they you know they don't play any defense. The Trey Young kind of mania wears off. So the the top like four contenders in the big in the Big Twelve kind of just you know drop like five like flies. And of course Kansas is still standing at the top. Um, I'll say it, I think this is the year that doesn't happen. And I and I totally understand if it if it if it does I you know it, it's point to me it was me I, I made it happen. But I really do think that this is the year. Um, Yudoka Azubuki. We learned this, I think, on Sunday, out for the season with a with uh, a wrist injury. I think it's I think it's uh, I know his freshman year he missed the entire season. I think it was a wrist injury as well. Um, I would suspect he goes pro because number one, he has had bad injury luck. I mean, this is now two of the last three years he has missed the season due to a, a wrist injury. You know, missed the remainder of the season. Um, and I just don't, and then number two, what else is he going to do? I mean, he actually put some pretty good tape out there for NBA scouts, uh, in non-conference play. And, uh, I, I don't guess Michigan State looked really good earlier on in the season. He was dominant. Um, so, you know, and he hurts, he hurts his ankle. He gets back from that and then he immediately hurts. Her. So I would suspect he goes pro. He has another year of eligibility if he wants it, but I would suspect the the Doke days of Kansas uh, are done. <clears throat> um, and then you have, you know, Silvio de Sosa, still not eligible. And boy, oh boy, could they use him right about now because he would be a big time difference maker um, <clears throat> for the Kansas Jayhawks right about now. Um, so they are coming off of a loss, their, their second Big 12 game, against Iowa State. And they got kind of ran out of the gym at Ames. Now, I mean, that's a tough place to play. It's always been a tough place to play. Um, I think they've won their consecutive. Iowa State wasn't very good last year. But this year they are pretty good. They got Mario Shayok, um, Taylor Horton Tucker, fantastic, one of the better freshmen you won't you don't know. Um, they have Lindell Wigginton back. Uh, and healthy again, terrific point guard, sophomore. <clears throat> They're pretty good, <coughs> and they they uh, they put the beat down on uh, on the Jayhawks. Beat them seventy seven to sixty. Dedrick Lawson gave you a double double, but only had the thirteen points. Quentin Grimes came alive. That was good to see, uh, but they still fall uh, in Ames. Texas Tech, man, that team looks good. I mean, that team looks just, they just keep winning. I mean, their only loss all season long was to Duke and Madison Square Garden, and they outplayed them for a majority of the game. They outplayed them for 30 minutes. I mean, they were winning that game with 10 minutes left, and then they kind of, they quit making shots. Um, And that stuff is kind of correctable. It's very correctable. Um, I I think in Chris Beard, I mean, based off of what they had last year that they lost, Keenan Evans, um, I mean, just, uh, you know, 
the star, you know, the, the star, the kind of the face of the program last year, losing him, four other seniors, um, like you knew they had a chance, but they come, they're they're even better. You could argue they're even better this year than they were last year. Jared Culver and you know Zaire Smith, uh, the first one and done three star prospect ever. <clears throat> you lose those two guys, but then. And I talked about Jared Culver and how he has totally transformed his offensive game. They needed someone to step up and kind of be that Keenan Evans role, and he has totally stepped up to the plate. That's a dude that's going to be in the NBA next year. Um, you know, they get Matt Mooney, um, Tyreek Owens, and uh, <clears throat> Davide Moretti. I think he's Spanish, the Spanish uh, point guard. Whew. And they're just they just win they win. They just win. I mean, that, that's really all there is to, to say. Um, they uh, <clears throat> they won at West Virginia. <coughs> they beat Kansas State. And then they just beat Oklahoma at home on Tuesday. And number eight in the country. I mean, I, they early in the season, I mean, obviously, they just they slugged Nebraska, a good Nebraska team. Um, I mean, I, I think that this is the year that Kansas gets toppled, um, you know, Kansas are, I, I think it's Oklahoma ain't much of a threat. They've already beaten Oklahoma, but I wouldn't say they're much of a threat. Uh, West Virginia's terrible this year. They're, I think they're now as eight and seven. So they're going to miss the tournament by a lot. Um, I, you know, TCU, I think has a chance, but outside, I don't know. They play, they play Oklahoma coming up. That'll be a good game. That'll be kind of a big, that'll be a, That'll be, you know, kind of one of those separator. You, know, you kind of get a leg up on, on some of the the competitors. That's that's a good game for that. I think I forget what I probably I think it's in Oklahoma. Not for sure though. Those are two back in top twenty five teams. I think TCU though lost on Tuesday. I could be wrong about that. Um, I think they lost to Baylor. Let me look this up. <clears throat> I don't want to be correct about this. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I thought I saw they lost, but I'm not for certain. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Anyway, I thought I saw they lost, but I could have been wrong. But I know Oklahoma and TCU play uh, coming up. That'll be a big game. But I, I, I think that uh, I really do think that Texas Tech's time is here. Chris Beard has built up somewhat of a monster. I think this is going to be too much to overcome. Kansas is a bad shoot. That's who beat them. It was Kansas who beat TCU. They beat them, uh, Lawrence. This, that's why it rang a bell. But Kansas, I mean, it, I mean, uh, uh, this team should be decent shooting. They're not. They're putrid. Um, Quentin Grimes has not given them hardly any. You know, not even close to what they've uh, uh, th- what they hope for. Now, Gerald Vick has cooled off, and it shows on the score. They're not scoring as much. Um, and now no Yudoka Azabuki. I don't know. Bill so Bill Self's a great coach. He always seems to get this thing the, the ship righted. But this is probably going to be the toughest one yet because they have less star power than they usually do. They have less NBA talent than they usually do. And now they got injuries. They got ineligible players. Um, and last year, you know, they gained Silvio De Sosa at the break. You know, he he came in and and um. He enrolled for second semester, and, and now and now they lose Yudoka Azubuki. They don't really have anyone to back him up. Mitch Lightfoot, David McCormick will be good, but not yet. Mitch Lightfoot's a role player, uh, and not a guy that you want to be throwing in there a ton. I mean, they're kind of screwed. I mean, there's there's not really any way other way to say it. Two of their bigs coming into the year, two of their bigs they thought they were really hoping to depend on. Uh, one's out for injury, well, out with injury. The other one is um. <clears throat> Uh, is ineligible, or to this point he is. <laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but Kansas, man, I, I don't know. It's going to it's gonna be a very tall task, um, and they have a lot of work to do. I think they, they might have played yesterday. That That's why I couldn't find that game. <laughs> um, and TCU was able to keep it pretty close to the end. Uh, next Kansas next games at Baylor, which kind of they they've been sneaky good. They they beat Iowa State on Tuesday. Road conference games, man. I'm not gonna put a ton of stock into into you know. Oh, Iowa State beats Kansas and then they lose to Baylor. I mean that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, and then 
Texas at home at West Virginia, Iowa State at home, and then at Kentucky. Uh, that Kentucky matchup is going to be very, very interesting in a game I think both teams kind of need for different, for different reasons. Okay, let's talk SEC because the SEC has kind of been all over the place. So we already know about Tennessee, right? Grant Williams scores four points. They, they get off to a putrid start against Missouri. They still kill them. Uh, that's kind of been the story of it. Schofield, the, Schofield's great. Um, a dude I didn't think was going to have a chance. I mean, he was a dude I knew was good like two years ago. And no, Tennessee, I, going into last year, I was like, man, this Tennessee team is going to be decent. I knew they were. I was like, they may now they're better than I thought. But I thought I was like, this team's got a chance because Grant Williams is back, and I and I saw how much trouble he gave uh, Kentucky um, the previous year. Um, and and then boom, what do you know? They're actually really good. They go to Atlantis. Uh, they beat Purdue, <clears throat> and uh, think they they think they played Villanova. Uh, could be wrong though, and they played them pretty close. I mean. And, and, you know, of course, obviously, we get, you know, they, they tie for the XC regular season title, uh, get a three seed, lose Loyola. But they still had, I mean, they were way better than anyone. Like, it was a shock, right? And they're continuing to do what they do. Now, they're better than I thought. Um, Jordan, ba- Jordan Bone has improved exponentially. That was kind of, he was good, la- like, he was solid last year, but he didn't score a whole lot. He was kind of, it was mainly Jordan Bowden. He, uh, yeah, Bowden, he, really good shooter. Um, but... Bone has improved his his uh, uh, scoring ability uh, by a lot, and you're seeing it. Um, they still only have like five dudes. Foul trouble is going to be that's going to be big for him. I think going for in these kind of in these games because uh, Grant Williams is susceptible to getting foul trouble again. He didn't do much against Missouri; it didn't matter. But there's going to be teams that are better than Missouri that they're going to have to go on the road, and uh, th- and there's going to be teams that play a lot better than Missouri did. Uh, so that'll be interesting going. Going forward, but they're clearly the best team at the moment. Now the rest of it. Okay. The rest of the SEC is really fun because you have no, you don't know what you're getting out of any of these teams. So Kentucky, we'll start with them uh, Saturday. So I go on the podcast last week and I rave about, okay, I, I thought they weren't ready for Louisville. They were more than ready. They look great. Now we got some consistency. Um, and they kind of ease in the conference play before they go to Auburn and kind of the, the big-time games that, you know, Auburn – they go to at Auburn, Mississippi State, Kansas, all the and then at Vandy, all in a row. But they get they ease into that, so they can kind of get that little lift off, and then boom, we're we're hitting the ground running. Uh, that that's what I thought was happening, right? <coughs> and I mean, against Carolina, they played great. It was the best complete. It was the most complete game they played all season. Led that game by wire to wire. Louisville, they followed up with another really nice performance. They played really well. Um, I thought they played better against Carolina, but. Still, they played. They played good against Louisville. Uh, certainly good enough to win. Then Alabama happens. It was a game I knew they needed to win. I was I, as I thought about the game more as a from a Kentucky fan standpoint. I got. I was getting more nervous. And what happened that game? What transpired is exactly what I was nervous about. Um, little to no energy. Uh, Tevin Mack. Now a couple of the three. So he hit six threes in the first half. Didn't hit any in the second, which is. Ironically, when the whole everything collapsed for Kentucky, the first half Kentucky had a lead. They were clinging on to it. Tevin Mack goes off. Uh, a couple of them, you know, they were tough shots. But a couple of them, he's wide open. It's like, come on, you know. And this is a dude that shot 29% coming into the game from three. And, of course, the Kentucky effect, which if you don't, that that's unbiased. That just it is what it is. I mean, look at Bubba Parnum. Uh, look at uh Miles Powell. It took a while for him to get going, but he when he got going, he didn't miss. Um, look at Winthrop's entire team. It, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. Dudes come to play against Kentucky. Usually, it's one specific guy that hits every shot. Tevin Mack was that guy, and he was hitting everything. Um, but Kentucky climbed the lead. They did. They were really good offensively in the first half. They were very efficient. Ashton. Ash Dagens was terrific. Keldon Johnson was hitting some good jump shots. Overall, pretty good half. Reed Travis was really good in the in the in the first half. I think he had like ten of his twelve. Uh, so pretty good. And it's like okay, well, you know, they got Matt goes off. They're, they still have a lead. We're still good. We just got to finish it out. <coughs> if you're on Kentucky side, that did not happen. That did not happen even a little bit absolute destruction 
uh, Alabama kind of sent a wrecking ball through Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, it was kind of going back and forth, back and forth, and then Alabama just boom, 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 got a big lead. Tevin Mack really didn't do anything. He only had two second-half points. But Kyra Lewis had a couple big threes, uh, the uh, the freshman point guard. I think he's from Alabama, uh, who reclassified from the 2019 class. He played really well that half. Yeah, you saw Dante Hall kind of dominate the boards. Reed Travis really struggled uh, with that athleticism and length. Um, and that's, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, Kentucky had a they, – they, they were got down by as much as 11. I think they were down 72-61. And they got to within two. <coughs> and Tyler Hero had a, a pretty clean look to win the game, um, and he missed it. So, but little to no energy, really bad half of basketball. Defensively, they didn't execute at all in the first half. They kind of got it together a little bit. But then offensively in the second half is miss after miss. You know, and they play A&M, they get down. I think they're, they're down 12-2 to two to start. They come back, get up by 14. And then and then in the second half, they get back to two. And they end up winning the game. On They won by 11. Really should have been 14, the worst beat of all time. A&M hits a half-court, Savion flag, it's a half-court buzzer beater. Shouldn't even counted. Um but those are two games, it's like, wow. You know, where was Carolina? Where was Louisville? The energy wasn't there. They got beat on the boards both games. Uh, A&M, who's not a very – A&M's they're, – they're probably the worst team in the con- – it's either them or Georgia. Either, either way, it's one of the worst teams in the conference. And, you know, got, I think they got beat on the boards. Um, again, the, the shooting woes. They shot pretty well against Carolina. They shot decent against Louisville in the last two games. They have not shot well at all. Um, I just, you know, if I don't know what you do <coughs> if you're Cal. Um, the good thing is is that the guards are really playing well. Quickly is starting to come, you know, he's starting to figure it out on both ends of the ball. He, he's had some, he's hit a couple of nice, and his jump shot is starting to go in. Ashton Hagens has been the best player on the team the last four games. I don't even think that's close. Um, I mean, he is, he's been just a menace, and he's, he has like set a new career high each last three games. Had 18 points, uh, 10 of 11 from the line. Still just creating havoc. Hit a jump shot uh, against a and But Keldon Johnson disappears. Reed Travis has two bad games in a row. Um, P.J. Washington kind of, you know, he he he, he kind of razored it, or he kind of, you know, focused in that final, um, that final stretch for Kentucky when it looked like they may lose. I mean, it's like they get a lead. They get they get a nice little lead. They coast. Let the team all the way come back. Then they execute at the end. They get the lead back and they win somewhat handily. Happens every single game. And I, I don't know what Cal you know, has to do. I, I think a big thing for Kentucky going forward is going to be Richard Nick Richards and E.J. Montgomery. Um, now, Kelton has to get has to be more involved offensively. I think that'll get fixed. I don't know why that has happened exactly, but I, I know he's a big game. In the big games, he is going to be. I know he'll get up for it. But we, you know, Kentucky needs him for every game. It's not just the big game. But anyway, um, if you're, you know, if you're Kentucky, you need Richards and EJ Montgomery to give you something every game because Reed Travis is what he is. He's a big bruiser, you know. He's crafty, but he's got limitations as far as his athleticism and, and as far as playing against bigger dudes. He's gonna have to, and and there's some games where it's just he's not gonna be super playable. Playable. Alabama was one of them. Dante Hall is, you know, he's still he's kind of raw offensively. Doesn't not super skilled, but he's pr- he's really athletic. Uh, you know, kind of a hoss. You know, pretty lengthy, bouncy, but very athletic. And that's a dude Reed Travis doesn't match up well with. But Nick Richards, I mean, he can, he has ever, I mean, we're talking about a top 20 guy coming out of high school. A seven-footer with a jump shot. Uh, You know, super good wingspan. Very athletic. Same with EJ Montgomery. Super athletic. I think those are the guys, they're going to have to step up. Because in the SEC, you know, the, Every team has like pretty much every team has length, and for Reed Travis, he's he's gonna have to learn how to play against that somewhat. But you're gonna need to get other guys to step up. There's gonna be games in which Reed Travis can 
like he matches up well. Like against Carolina, like Luke May is the per- like like Reed Travis can do whatever he wants against Luke May. But then you get him against Dan Gafford. That's a different story because Dan Gafford's so long and so athletic. <coughs> you know, same with I can see that against Simi Shitu and, and when they play Vanderbilt this week because he's extremely athletic and explosive. Um, but you know, we'll just have to see. But I think though those are pretty big keys for Kentucky. They're gonna have to shoot the ball better. I, they are just gonna have to figure out how to shoot the shoot the basketball better, or else, um, and defend the three. Those two things. If they do that, if they can consistently get some shots to fall, and you know, play, you know, good at least middle of the pack. Uh, three point defense, then they're gonna be they're gonna be solid, and, and you know they're getting contributions from everyone. Um, but we'll have to see. Vanderbilt, a bad team. You know they got trounced uh, by um, Georgia. Georgia. I mean they got trounced, and like <clears throat> yes, I mean Darius Garland's out for the year. That's a huge blow, and, and they'd be much better with him. But Vandy still is another five star on their team. And they still have decent players. They they shouldn't be losing like that. This is this is a very under Bryce Drew is really underachieved with this team. And Kentucky should be able to smack them in the mouth. Uh, they really should. They really need to uh, for a confidence booster um, for the team. Okay, Auburn and Mississippi State. So the top four in the SEC going into conference play, you put uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Auburn. You know, that's kind of what it was. It was those four, with Tennessee being your clear one. And then after that, it was kind of a – it was either Kentucky or Auburn, one of the two, and Mississippi State was your four. I mean, that's what it was. And three of those four have already lost, already picked up a loss, which if you're Kentucky, you're, you know, that's good. Because in each of those two teams lost uh, this week. Auburn going down to uh, – or, excuse me, to the first one, Mississippi State loses to South Carolina. South Carolina's – Undefeated in conference, they've won their first two games. They won at Florida uh, on a, a half court heave. Chris Silva gets a dunk. He kind of pushed off, but they didn't call it, and he got any and he scored. And then they just knocked off Mississippi State in overtime. I, you know, I, Frank Martin can coach. I mean, there's no <laughs> uh, that that is what it is. Um, but State still, you know, kind of struggling on defense a little bit. Um, gave uh, well actually they, they held the decent field, or, you know, field goal percentages but regardless they still go up 87 points uh, in defeat uh, State really struggled for the lot from the line in this one State super athletic um, but kind of a and, and, you know, they got their guards and Peters and, and the Weatherspoon and the Weatherspoon brothers um, and they, you know, Eric Holman has been a very nice surprise for them. Really good, uh, a pick a pop big man, a guy that I think is going to get a, a solid chance in the NBA. Uh, but they they drop that game, uh, and then Auburn. My goodness, at Ole Miss. Ole Miss has been a major surprise. When the bracketology update comes out tomorrow from Joe Lenardi, Ole Miss will be in the tournament. And you told me that before the season, I would have been like, are you, you know, them even being close to being in the tournament? You know, they only have two losses on the season against Cincinnati and Baylor. Or, no, is is it Cincinnati and Baylor? Cincinnati Butler, that's what it started to be. Uh, the, the Butler's not good, but that was a true road game. Uh, Cincinnati was on a neutral court. That's not a bad loss at all. Um, I, I think they beat Baylor. That's, that's what it was. They have a win against Baylor. Um, they haven't. They didn't really beat anyone else, but now they have two uh, conference wins <clears throat> to start it, and one of them against the 11th ranked Auburn Tigers. The Tigers really struggled from the floor on this one, uh, 32% uh, and only 52% from the line. Uh, Ole Miss, 45% from the floor. Um, you know, the, so they have. Uh, being Tyree, and I saw against Vandy because they went to Vandy and won. That kind of raised my eyebrows. Like, huh, Vandy losing at home to Ole Miss. Uh, and Tyree had 31 points in that game or something like that <coughs> in the 30s. He only had five in this game, but the rest of the team kind of picked up the slack. Kermit Davis has done a terrific job. 
they have a bunch of dudes on their team. I really don't know really anyone on their team. So I can't say that I'm, I'm very schooled on Ole Miss basketball, but I can say this, that Kermit, uh, Kermit Davis has that team absolutely overachieving. They've looked great this season. <coughs> Looking like a team that could maybe get into the tournament. As of right now, they're in. A uh, long way to go. But a stunning, stunning result as they dis- kind of destroy Auburn on the road. So, you know, Auburn, Kentucky is a week from Saturday. I mean, that's, it's it's eight days away. Um, that's going to be a terrific game. And I, I cannot wait for it. We'll have to see what happens. But that's going to tell us a lot where both of these teams are at. Um, so we will just have to see. But Auburn, I mean, obviously, they're, they're often totally predicated around the three, three-point ball. They kind of live and die by it. <clears throat> but they have very good uh, big man, Austin Wiley. That's going to be a tough matchup for Reed Travis because Austin Wiley is a ginormous human being. I mean, he is seven foot. You know, he's not the most. He's, you know, he's more of a back-to-the-basket uh, post guy. Not super athletic, but a five star coming out of coming out of high school, so he's obviously got you know some solid talent. <coughs> but my goodness, um, he he's big. That's gonna be tough for Reed Travis. They're gonna have to find a way. Kentucky's gonna have to find a way um, around him. But we'll we'll do that uh, kind of matchup uh, next week um, before I go back to school. So Nevada, we talked about them. A little bit earlier. We're going to talk about it again. My goodness. They got destroyed. But maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe they needed a wake-up call. And, uh, you know, maybe it's something that they... Yeah, it's something they could build on. Uh, Eric Musselman uh, done a fantastic job with this group. But, I mean, a wake-up call, uh, you know, sometimes good. I mean, sometimes, again, you just go in. It doesn't, like, that's the thing about road conference games. The team you play doesn't have to be any good. The team you play can have two guys out and just look horrible. And then, boom, they just go off. So that's kind of, that's, 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 and, and when you're Nevada, every single road game is going to be, boom. I mean, it's going to be the sellout. You're, you're the show. And teams are going to look to knock you off. New Mexico is the first to do it. I think they'll be just fine. I still, you know, I wonder, you know, how much of a Final Four contender they really are. But they are certainly a second weekend team. They certainly have the talent to play with the big boys, uh, and, and I, you know, and I don't think that really changes. Michigan State. Um, whew, I mean, they just keep winning. They have not lost since the Louisville game, and I believe that was like November twenty eighth. I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing out a random date, but they haven't lost in, since. You know, they they were undefeated in the month of December. And they are now undefeated in conference play, uh, with Artie wins against Iowa. Uh, they won at Florida. That win looks pretty good. Uh, that, that, that's that's a good win. Florida's a tough place to play. I don't care who they have on their team. They could they could be playing. They could be the student managers, and, and they would give you a fight. I mean, they are tough to play at Florida. Win that game, and then they win at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's kind of had a rough go of it, <clears throat> uh, losing. At Rutgers, I think that was the first Big Ten win their coach had had ever, because uh, they never—I mean, they are just—they're brutal. Um, they, they've been brutal. Erson's getting in the Big Ten, but they picked up a massive win against against Ohio State. They'll, they won't be ranked next week. Um, but Sparty goes in there, knocks them off without Josh Langford, um, and then handles Purdue easily at home. Aaron Henry. Uh, one of their freshmen. <clears throat> I mean, terrific defender. Uh, Tom Izzo can kind of put him in, and and he he defended the perimeter really well. And against Carson Edwards, he did. Um, Cassius Winston <coughs> had twenty three points against Purdue, and uh, five six six rebounds. Just a terrific all around guard. Uh, the best guard in the Big Ten, I'd say easily. Nick Ward doing Nick Ward things with sixteen rebounds. Or sixteen points, uh, nine rebounds. Excuse me. And Kenny Goins. I mean, he he's not very. You know, he's not hardly the most talented player. Um, but man, hard worker. You're gonna, and you're not gonna outwork him. Eleven rebounds and six assists. Um, they they got bigs that can pass it. Yeah, I mean, John Rothstein keeps tweeting out. No one's beaten State in East Lansing, and I agree. I don't know who who could beat them. Maybe Michigan in the final game of uh, conference play, but I, I, even that's going to be tough. 
five and zero in conference play. <clears throat> Absolutely terrific, uh, you know, terrific job by Tom Izzo. They may have lost. They may not have the top in town of last year. I think Miles Bridges being gone has helped them. The ball moves more. It's less ISO ball. Uh, I think the, the 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 chemistry is better. And even though Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges both went in the lottery, they lost. It may be addition by subtraction. Now you have more team-oriented ball. Cassius Winston kind of has more control of the offense. <clears throat> the flow is better. Um, and you're seeing it. And they're a really good team. I mean, they're, I mean, they're a really well-coached. They're a scrappy bunch. And, and that's why they're winning the games that they are. They're terrific. Uh, Michigan's actually 16-0. I, I caught a little bit. Uh, I saw a little bit of their highs. They, they just beat Illinois. Um, their bigs pass it really well, whether it's Bitesky, Austin Davis. Uh, they they are a really good passing team. Xavier Simpson's been terrific. Um, I mean, they, and I think they still got another year of that guy. They, I mean, goodness gracious. Um, Michigan's a really good team. I mean, there there there's no other way to say it. Charles Matthews, Stud, uh, Ignis, Bradzigas. Uh, you know, it kind of gives them that kind of NBA star power that can score at all three levels. Um, they just keep winning. I mean, that that's really all it is, and uh, it, it's really impressive. So, um, the 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 two programs uh, up in uh, up in the north in Michigan are doing quite all right at this point. Uh, th- those games, you know, between the two are going to be absolutely terrific. <coughs> Must see television. All right, a little ACC, and I think that that'll probably cover it. Um, I guess in, in the big in the Big East we'll give a little Big East update. You know Marquette, crazy game against Creighton uh, last night. Marcus Howard went off for fifty three. I mean he he's a guy. I just like he 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 is he is the Trey Young of this year. He sits on a heater and just a ridiculous shooter. I mean they're they're kind of a one man team. He kind of pulls them all along. Uh, but I mean Creighton, I don't know how they lost that game. They were up with three with point eight seconds and. Marquette hits a three to send it overtime somehow, um, and boom, and the, the Marquette ends up winning the game. <coughs> and Creighton's a tough place to play. I mean, they gave Gonzaga quite a scare earlier in the year. So, you know, and St. John's went down for the first for the second time all year. Lost at Villanova. Villanova. I mean. For all their flaws, they're undefeated in conference play up to this point. It's quite crazy, um, but they are they're still doing just fine uh, in, in Philadelphia. Uh, Phil Booth has kind of taken that alpha dog role, that big score role in his final final season. They they're, they're going to lean on him quite a bit. Uh, Jay Wright will in that offense. <coughs> Seton Hall lost to DePaul. Um, that was kind of a bad loss for them, but you, but you can, they can afford one of those kind of losses, uh, with, with some of the wins they they've kind of picked up or they've picked up. Um, in, in their in during their win streak, whether it be against uh, against the Johnnies, against Kentucky, um, you know they can kind of they can afford they've kind of uh, bought. The, uh, a slip up. They've kind of earned that that margin for error. Uh, I think that they knocked off Butler at home uh, last night to get back on track. Um, I think that about covers most of the biggies. Xavier's terrible. Butler's terrible. Uh, you know, teams that are, have been a staple for the, in the NCAA tournament uh, are pretty destined to miss it this year. <clears throat> and Buffalo beat the second best team in the MAC, Toledo, by thirty. Um, if there's any doubt, Buffalo is going to the tournament. They they should get an at large bid. Uh, they've earned it. I mean, only loss all year coming at Marquette. Um, they they have again. They they've done all they need to do. That's a terrific team. Nate Oates wouldn't surprise me if Nate Oates uh, gets a pretty good job offer uh, in the spring. All right, ACC basketball, Duke. Like I said, Duke is Duke, and and they just keep doing Duke like things. Um, Clemson in there. Um. They kind of got trucked, as you probably would imagine. Um, I think it was kind of close at half. Let's see. Yeah, only only it was forty to thirty three. So Clemson was kind of within striking distance. But Duke ran them off. Zion Williamson 
uh, I, I'll go with him as the best player in the sport. I was I was on the RJ train for a while, and uh, I think for good reason. He was the clear cut pick to be number one. And it's going to be Zion. Uh, I just I, I could not have imagined. I knew he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be like a trash player or anything like that. But I could not have imagined him having the impact he has had. What is so surprising to me about the Duke Blue Devils is that they have not allowed a team to get to 70 points since Gonzaga handed them their only loss of the season back uh, the day before Thanksgiving. I mean, that is insane to me. And the the defense that they played throughout the season, I don't get it how they are so good defensively uh, with all those freshmen. I I didn't think they were going to play defense at all this year. Last year, they didn't play any defense. The year before that, they didn't play any defense. Um, they, they, they got better last year, but it took them a long time. I mean, they were one of the worst defensive teams I had seen uh, of, a, of, a high, of a good high major team in a long time that first two months of the season. I mean, you know, you had Boston College raining threes on them. <coughs> and this team, I thought, would be no different. Maybe they'll get better, but it's going to take a while. But with Zion protecting the rim, um, RJ, Cameron Reddish has kind of struggled this year, especially offensively. He, and he seems to get in foul trouble every game. I think I've said that before. But I think he, he, he has a lot of steals. Like, he, he gets, like, uh, two to three steals a game. He's, he's been really good in that aspect for him. Um, I think there was kind of a quandary of whether or not Trey Jones would go pro uh, after this year. He is better than his brother, I think, um, overall. I know, I mean, t- listen, Tyus Stones uh, could... F- I mean, he, he put ball in bucket when when Duke needed it. I mean, we that's been well advertised. But I think Trey Jones is a better overall player. Um, and again, it's not a knock on his brother, but I just think Trey, I mean, he's kind of he's bigger, stronger. I think he's more athletic. Um, they both have a pretty similar feel for the game. Um, I think all around a better defender. I think he's just all around a better player. Maybe Tyus was a slightly better scorer, but uh, not by not by a whole lot. I mean, these two guys can really can really put the ball in the bucket, and and, and Trey Jones is the perfect guy to run their offense. Uh, they play Florida State this weekend. I don't think that game's going to be particularly close. I think Duke's going to kill them. Um, I you know I get Florida State. They they've had a, they've been you know solid this year. Man, they went to Virginia and got they got smacked. I mean, they got beat pretty good, <clears throat> and in the tune up. Uh, to Duke, they played Miami, a pretty bad team, and uh, it, it, was, it was a fairly close game. I I, I don't think that's going to games in particularly close. They they said on the uh, halftime of one of the games that um, they had um, turned it over twenty one percent of their possessions or something like that. That's absurd. That's so much. And against Duke, a team that that I mean transition is their their bread and butter. That's going to get you destroyed. Um, North Carolina, moving on. North Carolina uh, beat North Carolina State, beat him pretty, again, pretty soundly, kind of wire to wire. Cameron Johnson got hurt in the game. He was grabbing his knee. I didn't see any, I, I didn't, I haven't seen any updates on that, but I didn't see anything say, suggesting he'd be out for the year. But he was grabbing his knee. That'd be a huge loss for him. But they look to be really, <coughs> excuse me, they look to be back on track. Um, <coughs> Again, and they still have to fit. And Roy Williams still has to figure out what to do with Nas Little, and they're going on the road and being top fifteen teams. Um, you know, again, last year they weren't very good, and and I could, I mean, that just what it is, what it is. They weren't very good. Uh, yeah, they had some nice wins here and there, but they just weren't very good. This year they are. This year this team's really good. Their Final Four good. They got a really, I mean, Colby. My whole deal was, oh, how you know their point guard situation. Colby White's been better than I think uh, than most people expected. He's been terrific leading the offense. They got bigs that that rim run. That's Roy Williams' favorite thing. They they get up and down the court. They can score a lot of points. They got shooters. They got Luke May. <laughs> they always have Luke May. Uh, they're terrific, and uh, they, uh, yeah, in my opinion, they're they're going to be they're going to be another big time threat in the uh, in the tournament. <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. So a game that I watched tonight, I, it's not really pertinent to like uh, who's gonna, you know, who's good right now because it's Pac-12 basketball. But a really entertaining game that that happened tonight uh, was UCLA and Oregon, and you know it's kind of the two 
big time disappointments, right? I had both these teams inside my top 25. UCLA has a ton of talent. Oregon is bull bull. Now, bull bull gets hurt. I, I'll give my, even though it was kind of looking like they weren't going to make the tournament anyway, I'll give myself a pass for that one because I did not, obviously, who could have thought that bull bull, uh, the best player on the team, who they were going to, who Dana Adelman was kind of, was going to build the entire team around, um, gets hurt, the, the whole center of it all. So, you know, but UCLA, I still, even with uh, Sharif O'Neal and Tiger Campbell getting hurt, I mean, those guys weren't going to play a major, maybe O'Neal, but Tiger Campbell was going to be a backup point guard. And they had returning bigs anyway. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. And Moses Brown was had been better. He's kind of cooled off as late, but he, he was better than most people uh, expected, especially early on. Um, but so they, they played off it's kind of the, the, the disappointments and Oregon was winning almost the entire game. They were up by uh, much of 17 when I, you know, when I was watching, they were up by 13 and, and 11, they were up by 11 with a minute left. I think it was, I forget what the score was. Um, and UCLA pulled off one of the best comebacks I, I've seen in a while. Uh, the best comeback I've ever seen was New Mexico and it was Nevada coming back on New Mexico two years ago. Uh, that was insane. Because they were down by twenty five and they came all the way back, won in overtime. But this was a pretty good one too. Down eleven with a minute left. Uh, Jalen Hands all of a sudden comes alive. Prince Ali hits some threes. Really entertaining game. They come all the way back. So then, eventually, what happens is, um, you know, Peyton Pritchard hit a couple free throws to put Oregon up, you know, a tray. And so they do the smart thing. They foul. Uh, Oregon does. They foul really fast. It's like, I don't know. <clears throat> Not a whole lot. of. Th- there's like two seconds left. And so Jalen Hands makes the first one, which, of course, in that situation, that's what you're coached to do. And then the second one, you got to miss. But that's the hard part, right? Um, so he misses it short. Moses Brown gets – this could not have been executed any better. I've never seen this executed. The, the miss it and then um, – the miss free throw, and then you get you know get get someone on the bucket. They get a, and, and they and they get a put back. Um, he misses it, short. Moses Brown may or may not have gotten over the back. It was close. So I mean, and, and when it's close in that situation, don't call it. I, but it was close because he. I mean, he did, he did reach over, but he wasn't like all. He didn't jump over. You know that kind of a deal. He but he but he's he's a long dude. So he he kind of grabbed the ball. Uh, Oregon player, I don't know who it was. Could have been Paul White. Didn't box out. Um, remember, they're without Kenny Wooten, their best shot blocker. Bull Bull's out. So they're only really down to a couple bigs with Paul White <coughs> and, and uh, Francis Okoro. They, they don't have a ton of bigs. So Moses Brown, I think he got the rebound. and I, or He at least tipped it up enough, but he got the ball to Chris Smith the sophomore uh, small forward, and he gets an N1 put back. So now it's like, oh, my goodness, you know. And then UCLA can win the game. They miss – Smith misses the free throw. We go to overtime. Oregon got up by four pretty immediately. But then they came all the way back. UCLA did. And they end up winning the game by, I think, three uh, three or four. I think it was by, it was by three. Uh, Lewis King missed a game-tying three-pointer and uh, that was that. So, really terrific game out in the Pac-12. UCLA is quietly 3-0 in conference play. Uh, they have had a miserable season thus far. But ever since Steve uh, Steve Alford's been fired, they're undefeated. They haven't lost. And they're undefeated in Pac-12 play. <coughs> the league is totally up for grabs. Um, you know, I, I think the teams with a chance to make the tournament. I mean, Arizona State, I think, is in at this point. Uh, but not by, but that Princeton loss really hurt them. Really hurt them. Um, but I think uh, that and uh, Washington, who I think won tonight, and Arizona are the th- you know those three. But if UCLA, they they have the most talent of, of any team in that conference. If they play, if they if they can you know put it together with Wilkes and Ali and Jalen Hands and Moses Brown, all those all those guys, uh, then they have a real chance uh, to win conference. The Pac-12 Conference and get back to the NCAA tournament this year. It'll be exciting. All right, that's all we have for this episode of the Posting Up Podcast. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. It was a lot. Of, it was a blast doing it. I'll probably do it. I like doing the Thursday podcast because then you know I can talk about the weekend games, 
previous weekend games, the the, the day or the, the the games throughout the week, and then kind of talk about some of the you know games for. I guess I didn't talk a ton about the upcoming uh, games, but regardless, um, I'll try to incorporate that more. That's my bad. But thank you all for listening. Uh, let me know if you have anything, uh, any any suggestions or anything. But uh, have a great uh, week and watch some college basketball. Thanks for listening.